Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Joanna Devine filling in for Christian Mater. You know the saying, they don't build them like they used to. When it comes to homes and buildings, that's usually said like it's a bad thing. But with a changing climate and changing marketplace, building things like we used to, brick by brick, nail by nail, just doesn't cut it anymore. Enter modular construction. The idea isn't totally unheard of. Prefabricated buildings have been around for decades. But my guest Tiago Atwi and his brother have brought a new twist on the concept with Boxy Construction. Boxy designs and delivers steel-framed modular structures for residential and commercial construction. Think of it like real-life Legos. Boxy ships all the parts you need, prefabricated with the fastenings and holes you need to set up the building quickly. Tiago is a mechanical engineer by trade and worked on wind turbines out of college, getting his start on modular construction for a company based in Atlanta. He decided to bring the concept home to New Iberia, where he grew up, and Boxy was born. Tiago Atwi, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. It's not just building standards that have changed. They don't make soap like they used to either. My guest, Ebony Robert, figured that out when her son had a stubborn case of eczema. On a trip back home to visit family in Orlando, her great-grandmother encouraged her to make him some old-fashioned lye soap. It worked. Ebony had a good problem on her hands. She needed to make a lot more soap. That journey led her to founding Ebony's Beauty Hair and Skin Care. By 2015, she was selling her products in stores and online. In 2018, she opened a storefront in Lafayette's Northgate Mall. The brand has grown tremendously. Ebony's products are sold on Amazon, Walmart, and carried by DoorDash. Her shop carries about 3,000 different beauty and wellness products, but her handmade soaps are still the star of the show, and Ebony still mixes, labels, and ships them all by herself. In 2020, she opened the Entrepreneurship Learning Academy to help others learn how to run businesses. Ebony Robert, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Tiago, folks tend to have very specific needs when they're building a new building. So it's one thing to sell a modular box to, say, a construction field office, but a totally different thing to sell modular pieces to make a house for a family of four. If I wanted to make a home out of boxy construction set, how much flexibility would I have? Um, our platform is it's very flexible. You start out with a CAD-based model, so you can, uh, you can take designs that were traditionally going to be built with wood or brick and just convert them to steel. So it's, um, it's whatever you want, you know, it's a, it's a CAD-based model and then that, we're gonna manufacture all the pieces for that depending on the specifications, so. Thank you. Ebony, you're selling products in Walmart and making them at home. Last I checked, Walmart is still the biggest in-store retailer on the planet. How do you keep up with demand while retailing out of your own shop? Um, I don't sleep. We're constantly restocking around the clock, so. Um, it's a lot of work, but we're getting it done, so. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Tiago. You have a lot of construction experience outside of Louisiana, and I'm really curious, why did you and your brother eventually decide to bring your business back home here? We, we were lucky we had an opportunity to start building uh, rural health clinics. So our first project, we built a rural health clinic in Church Point, Louisiana, and during that process, we discovered that we can 
manufacture the material that we're building for cheaper than we can buy it for. So that's how we kind of got into the manufacturing aspect and supply chain aspect of, of building and where we're just supplying the steel for a, a kit of parts, as you would say. So do you feel like being in a rural part of the state makes you better or, or is it more difficult to, to be in that supply chain? Well, it's the world is, is really connected and if you have a good online presence, we've, we've done business in over 10 different states so you can, uh, you can sell your product anywhere if, as long as you bring value added and you have good pricing, you can, you can ship. So we've, we've done projects as far as California and Pennsylvania and uh, we just we just sell people the value and uh, and they they like it and it's worth it for them so ebony what about you you have a big online presence is did that come before you know how did that kind of play yes, into my your online success presence, uh, came before because i started online initially as a school teacher and i was just kind of doing it at home as a hobby um, the online presence kind of took off on the amazon platform um, which caused us to move into a storefront and so the storefront must be a completely different animal. It is. <laughs> Tell me about that. Um, managing employees, that, that's a hard one. Um, just trying to make sure that adults do, do what they're supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just making sure that we're restocking, you know, constantly checking inventory, making sure that we're um, up to standard on everything. So it's, it's different, you know, just to say, hey, I'm doing it from home. Now I'm out in the public, you know, we're constantly having inspections and inventories and things like that. So it's a lot. <laughs> so you said trying to keep adults in line is not yes. an easy thing. As a teacher, <laughs> what, skills that you, what skills did you develop as a teacher that has helped you as an entrepreneur? Um, repetition. <laughs> you know, just kind of having to repeat myself and, and following up to make sure they're doing what they were supposed to do. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> so, Tiago, you mentioned CAD-based. For those of us in the audience that don't know what that is, describe CAD-based to me. CAD is uh, short for computer-aided computer design. So it's uh, the, the construction world is kind of updating itself. It's going from more of 2D plans where they're just flat, to more of 3D models, and that's that's what we use to feed our machines data to, to construct the material. So you get you 3D model your whole building, and then you can just feed that into our machines, and we'll we'll create all the the kit of parts for them to assemble. So that's incredibly detailed, I'm sure, to create a kit of parts. If someone were to give you a really complex design, is there anything you can't do? I mean, is there any? Or what are the limitations, I guess, of that 3D design model? Well, well, on our, on our platform, you have to come work with different types of material as well. So some things we can manufacture in the shop. Other things they'll have to, to put up, like um, for a job we're doing, they're building concrete floors. And we're just going to come and do the metal in between those floors. So you can, you can model those things, too, and you, you can uh, adjust them in. But it's a combination of things to get where you want to go and, and no... Um, no one one way fits all like if you need large spans you need red iron and then you use that with a combination of our material which is which is lighter and thinner and if you need uh, hurricane more like wind resistant then you're going to use concrete blocks like they build in florida and then you're going to use our material for maybe the roofing or the interior of it so it's all um you it's not 100 percent in the factory but you combine factory elements with on-site elements to get people's building 
It makes sense to me that customization is a big part of both of your of your models, of your business models. As a person who is, you know, really designing the thing. So in your case, Ebony making the product, and in your case, Tiago actually creating the design. How do you do the customer interface when it's all about customization? I can imagine. In your case, Ebony, someone would come to you and say, my child is suffering from this ailment and they need a special soap. Do you, can you actually spend the time to customize a product for a single I individual? Do. So we do customize um, products specifically for what they have going on with their skin. Um, it takes them out a day to get it done. So I find out you know, exactly what they need, uh, what's going on with them, and kind of just go over some natural ingredients to make sure it's okay, you no know, allergies are involved, and just move forward with making the product. And how is that, has that worked? Do you find that you have a lot of repeat customers for that reason? I do, I do. And it's really exciting um, because they trust the product. And, you know, they trust what I'm recommending for them. So they come back because they can't find anything else on the market that helps their skin. That's a pretty special thing. So in your case, Tiago, how does that work if you have a really tough customer who says, I need this thing and it has to look this certain way and it's got to be customized to the nth degree? Is that something as a, as a business owner and, a, and an engineer that you find difficult to kind of interface? Yeah, I mean, you always try to accommodate everybody. So you're going to you're gonna work with them, maybe charge them a little bit more. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, no, for building is very you know, granular, you know, you can oftentimes define things so like you know somebody needs something to a 16th of an inch we can do that and you know they can they can just enter that in and we can run that through our software through our machines so it's uh it leads itself to customization is when people they just give us the exact dimensions of what they what we need we're we're not building the finished product per se we're kind of building the bones of the product that they can build on on top of so i see so, Ebony, what's your relationship to, um, like, local dermatologists, if you end up working with, with folks that I have... I haven't a worked with anyone local. Um, a few people from Houston and Dallas um, kind of work with them on a few projects, but no one local yet. And so, um, just one more question. I wanted to ask you about the entrepreneurship mm -hmm. program. So, mm -hmm. you started that in 2020, mm -hmm. which is a tough time to start yes. anything. <laughs> Why, with such a busy business model, did you decide that you needed to do this? Initially, coming from a school teacher, um, I just felt like I went to school and I was like, okay, I wasted money, you know, going to school because I'm not teaching anymore. And God just gave me the vision, was like, you still can teach. So now I teach adults and youth how to make products, how to start their business, um, how to get business funding, things, you know, along the aspect when it comes to business. So I'm still teaching and it's um, I get to teach some of my old students. So. <laughs> That's it's rewarding. Nice. That's a little more customized in the teaching mm -hmm. too in that yes. case. That makes sense. So Tiago, how do you market your business? I know you have a website. What else do you do? Do you go to, to trade shows or I've I've been to a few conferences and, and you know, call people, network people, but um the best way to market is just to create very informative online content and have people visit there and ask questions about your product through that content. And just just try to be provide a lot of value to people and show them you're knowledgeable about your product, and they that's 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 good for people. They like that, and then and then they'll reach out to you. So I think that the best way to market is I I really believe is create value for other people, and they just come. And do you find that you have a lot of like word of mouth and repeat customers? Yeah, we're starting to build up a repeat customer base, and uh, word of mouth not not so much. Like we're 
we try to have a national presence. So, you know, not it is it's very labor intensive to go call a lot of people and follow up with them. So we we try to get people who are looking to buy fast and active and in the buying phase of their purchasing process. And that's how we built our website to attract those people to come specifically. So uh, it's our it's our idea is to sell to close transactions very fast to make it efficient. Makes sense. So I have to ask both of you a sort of personal question. Uh, Tiago, you and your brother started this business. And, and Ebony, when I go to your website, I see lots of pictures of family. So mm-hmm. family is clearly a very important thing to both of you. Yes. Tiago, in your case, what was it like to start a business with your brother? And is it have, has there ever been friction? Or do you feel like you have a good division of labor? We, we get along very well. Yeah, no, he's we like each other we get along very well we've always been close so it's it's fun no no problem so far we're both not egotistical at all and we just want to succeed and work hard and provide value to people so no no problem so far that's great i wish i could have some drama but none, none. <laughs> i'm glad you don't <laughs> and ebony what about you tell me about the relationship sort of your family and your business we have a good relationship. Um, my family is very supportive. I think they um, sometimes spill the beans a little too fast when we have something uh, special coming out, but we get along great and they're excited that I am the second entrepreneur um, in our family to go this far. So they have been very supportive. So tell me more about that. You said you're the second entrepreneur in mm-hmm. your family. So it's a family yes. trait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So my mom um, had a restaurant when we first moved here to Lafayette, and it was kind of a soul food restaurant, and she named it after my little sister, Tanisha. So um, she did that for a while. She always been into the industry of uh, food, and then we always been into management. So it just kind of, you know, we had the management skills, so that kind of helped play a part in a successful business. And you lived in other places as well. Mm-hmm. So what brought you back home? So originally from Orlando, um, my dad passed away and my grandmother was staying here. She got remarried, so my mom wanted to be closer to her mom. And that, that's how we came here to Louisiana, and it's been 29 years. Wow. <laughs> and have you found that being in Lafayette is a plus, is a minus to your business expanding that the way plus. it has? It's a plus. Not many um, natural health and beauty brands are here in Lafayette, so it's definitely a plus. Ebony. Walmart demands a huge supply of inventory, mm-hmm. is my understanding. So what exactly do you work, like what exactly do you market at Walmart? So at Walmart we have hair care, skin care, and uh, we just put men products on there like hair and beard oils. Um, they're attend- the men are tending to get into exfoliating uh, for healthy skin, so we just put some scrubs on there as well. So do you find that, that uh, being in a big retailer like that drives online business as well? It does. It really does. It brought a lot of um, attention to our business, and we get to market uh, with the Walmart logo, so that really brought in the traffic for us. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Joanna Devine. I'm talking to Ebony Robert of Ebony's Beauty Hair and Skin Care and Tiago Atwi of Boxy Construction. We'll be right back after this short break. Support for Out to Lunch at Katiana comes from Adita Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. Camellia Productions Marketing Consulting, Corette Leadership Lab, Communication and Conflict Resolution, Feigley Communications, Full Service Marketing, Gamble PR, HR NOLA, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Lolo's Youth Yoga and Art Studio, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment Since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, Available in Select Grocery Stores, 
New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th. Noki, New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute, Rev Realtors, The Idea Village, The Scout Guide Baton Rouge, and The Scout Guide New Orleans. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Joanna Devine. I'm talking to Ebony Robert of Ebony's Beauty Hair and Skin Care and Tiago Atui of Boxy Construction. So Tiago, I want to ask you a little bit about just your, your thoughts on construction generally. So, you know, you've, you've worked in different places and done, you know, been in the construction industry for a long time. What was it about this particular model, about this um, kind of prefabrication that appealed to you? Why did you feel like this was sort of the future of construction? Yeah, the construction industry is going through some, some changes as um, most of the people who work in it are, are kind of aging out of it. So there's less and less young people getting into it. So there's, you need to find a way to streamline processes with less people. So if you can bring more work into a factory setting where you can use um, lower, you don't have to have a, as experienced labor to do these jobs. If, you know, if the machine is cutting to dimensions all the pieces, you don't have to have a guy out there with a measuring tape and a saw. So it's, uh, it's trending that way. It's trending towards um, more factory-based production because of the skilled labor is, is kind of pushing it towards that. And also, it's, uh, I've seen people work in construction. It's, it's very hard. You know, they're out there. It's going to be over 100 degrees. It's, it's very physically intensive. So I, I think it's a higher quality of life for, for my employees, and hopefully we can increase the quality of life for people on the job site as well by doing more in the factory and you know they're not having to drive around to different places they're they're building it in a factory they have a more consistent manufacturing job going from we think about like a manufacturer not really as a construction company so we're kind of taking the risks out of being in construction which is a very dangerous field and putting them into the factory where it's a lot safer and people can be more efficient do you imagine that your business will expand here locally or elsewhere um, we've we've been lucky to do projects in, in a number of different places. Um, we will do we will go wherever the next big project is, and, and we'll hopefully send it there. Um, we've talked with doing some projects in Hawaii and in Guyana. So I mean, you, the limit is is you can send your material everywhere. So it's uh, it's very exciting to be, have that ability to do business anywhere and not be tied to a specific geographical region. And I guess I would ask this to both of you, is there a limit to growth? Is there a point at which you'd say, I don't know if I want to go that far? So maybe, Ebony, I'll ask you that first since you're shaking your head. (laughs) No, I said there's no limit to growth. Um, It's just where you want to go and where you see yourself with your business. And is that a concept that you teach in the the Entrepreneurship Academy? So, (laughs) What about you, Tiago? I do think about that. You think about quality of life versus how much money you make or how much time you're spending on your business. So I do... Right now, we're trying to grow the business, but who knows, maybe in five years, I'll say, okay, it's, it's good. We'll just sit with our existing customers. And so I'm, I'm not sure, but we're trying to grow it right now. And there's, there's big market share you can get, but uh, I think maybe spend more time with your family, develop more hobbies. So it's, uh, it's, it's always a trade-off. It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> so my, uh, I have to ask, they ship steel to Guyana. You mentioned a, a building you're looking at in Guyana. Yeah, we uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hotel there, and you can just load it up in shipping containers and send it there. I think, I think we just sent some steel to Jamaica. So, I mean, any place with a port, you can really send steel there. Emerging economies. It's uh, 
that's that's exciting opportunity. Are these the two furthest from home? I guess you'd say that you've shipped. Yeah, we haven't sent anything to Ghana yet, but uh, uh, California, Pennsylvania, Jamaica recently. So, but uh, it's exciting to see that people want our product and they're in different countries. It's it's getting you're getting the word out. <laughs> so, Ebony, I want to ask you a quick question just about your education. So you have a graduate degree from Cornell, yes. which is a pretty big deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how did you how did you get there? How did you end up at Cornell? Uh, I was at a convention and uh, Miss John, she was like, I think you should, you know, do this program. And I was like, I really don't have the time, you know, been a mom with five boys. And I just got into it, um, and it was interesting information. You know, I could use it in my business, and went for it, and I excelled in the program. And so how long was the program? The program was 12 weeks wow. um, for the uh, business part of it, and then we went, let me back up. So it was two years, and then the business access uh, was 12 weeks of that business course. So... So a two-year program, but a lot of on-the-ground, uh, yes. the 12-week. Um, it, it was, some of it was difficult. Um, I had some experience in some things since I already was an entrepreneur. It does actually like a lot of accounting, you know, um, how would you handle situations and things like that. But overall, it was a great experience for me, and I have that certification, <laughs> you know, so... And what about you, Tiago? You have a, is it mechanical engineering? Yeah, yeah, I have a mechanical engineering degree. And where did you study? I went to UL. So local? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's, I had a great time there. Yeah, no, And you good. feel like that well prepared you, or did you end up doing a lot more kind of on-the-job training? I think, you know, I think you just go to college to learn how to learn and learn fast and learn how to follow deadlines and show up and be an adult. So I think I think most of the learning is on the job side. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's it's what you make of it, mostly. And so what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned as an entrepreneur? I mean, as a small business owner, what's the thing that you would, if you were to advise someone, I guess, what's the thing that you would say, don't forget to, or, you know, rem always, always remember. You just have to, to really listen to what your clients say and, and get rid of preconceived notions about things and about the way the world works and just be very, very open-minded to the way things work because every, every situation is different, so don't just always have an open mind and uh it's it's what you think you know but you don't know that's that what really hurts you so don't make assumptions ebony what about you i would say um just be your your authentic self and when it comes to your brand you have to make sure that you're standing behind your brand 100 percent i always was that person was like oh you know, they would come in and say, oh, I don't have enough money, you know, for this. And I was like, okay, well, I could give you a discount. So I had to learn that my price is my price. If they really want it, they're going to, you know, make a way to get it. They sacrifice things. So um, that was one of my biggest things that I had to learn as an entrepreneur was your price is your purse. You know, you have to put your foot down, basically. So <laughs> just stand behind your brand and, with, you know, because, you know, it's a good product. Not an easy lesson to learn, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Has it been difficult to price at Boxy? Have you felt like pressure to price one way or another with all the supply chain issues we've had over the last several years? Yeah, you, you have to time your quotes to say, okay, this is only good for this number of weeks. The price is going up. The price is going down. Um, you just have, to, just have to let the client know that like, this, is, this is how long I can hold my prices for. 
and sometimes they haggle but you should try to you should try to maintain your margin and keep it like that you know you can't you can't go too thin or else it's it's not worth your time and what about you Ebony have you mentioned pricing has been something you've put your, had to put your foot down at, at times yes um, so when it comes to pricing I always kind of look at competitors that's kind of similar to the same items but not necessarily um, natural and handcrafted products if that makes sense uh, so I kind of compare from there for pricing to make sure I'm not overpricing and underpricing when it comes to products so I want to ask you, we just have about a minute left, but I do want to ask you both about um, about just sustainability in general. So I think Boxy Construction is a great example of how we're shifting toward more sustainable building practices. Is that something that you thought about when you were creating the product? Yeah, no, it's um, steel is great because it's 100% recyclable. We recycle everything we get. We don't have any kind of waste or toxic output and uh, it's it's good and it's it's a higher quality it's a good product to have in your house you know it's okay to breathe it's not like some of the synthetic insulation that people use or you know they use wood that's treated with a lot of different chemicals and uh no it's 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 good to be sustainable and you're building a building that will hopefully last for a long time so the carbon footprint of building new buildings is very high if you build a cheaper building with wood you're gonna have to update it renovate it it's gonna have mold and termites but if you build with steel you're going to have a, a product that lasts longer and that's going to help the environment in the long run and hopefully improve the lives of the people who live in it and what about you ebony is that something that you thought of when creating your product line yes being chemical and toxin free um that goes a long ways when it comes to overall health. So when you think about hair care and skin care, I think those are two main factors that people are starting to look at now. Uh, everyone is on a, her a health journey where um, you know they want natural products. So not using artificial ingredients and things, that's my, what I pride my business on, just being natural. That's great. Well, um, I think we're about to wrap up. You both have been amazing guests. Um, on the surface, there might appear to be a world of difference between selling beauty products and manufacturing modular buildings, but I think we can agree after today's conversation, Tiago and Ebony, there are enough similarities to running a small business in Acadiana that we could probably keep talking for another hour or so. But we are out of time. It's been great to meet you both. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you for having out me. To lunch. Thank you so much for having me. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Tiago Atwi, co-founder of Boxy Construction, and Ebony Robert, owner of Ebony's Beauty Hair and Skin Care. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Boxy Construction and Ebony's products by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Liliana Morgan. You can find more of Liliana's on Instagram at l.lily.l. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Joanna Devine. Christian will be back next week. 
I hope you can join him back here at Tsunami for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Passion Lily, Fair Trade Fashion, 831 Charter Street, or PassionLily.com. And by Mind Coach, professional coaching for the professional brain. More information at mind-coach.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com. 